Hello sisters and brothers. Welcome to my very, very first episode of A Walk With God. I am so excited. I'm not going to lie. I've been nervous. I've been thinking. I've been doing recording this video actually some several times now. <laughs> I have recorded, I have deleted, and I have recorded, and I have deleted again. Only to make you understand that I'm new at this. I am actually new at this. I don't know much about podcasting. I'm not an expert in podcasting, and I know that I still have a lot to learn. But something that makes me so excited is that I know that I will learn. I know that I will look back at this podcast maybe some good months, in some good months or years, I don't know. And I will laugh and I will be like, Amina, did you really do that? Did you really say that? I'm looking forward of growing in this podcast. And I'm looking forward of growing in this podcast together with you. I'm looking forward to walking this journey with God together with you. Before I begin, I want you to know who I am. I want you to get to know me and to know a little bit better about the person who is speaking because I noticed that in my intro I didn't really give you much information about me which is something that is important but like I said we are growing aren't we <laughs> in our different ways in our own unique ways in our areas my name is Felesmina Silva but Many people call me Amina because some find it easier to say Amina than Felis Mina. I am 17 years old, turning 18 in next month. Yay. <laughs> and um, I live in a small town called Finsborg in Sweden. I am not Swedish. I am from Angola, actually, um, and I came to Sweden together with my family when I was, you can say, I was around five years old. So I've been here pretty much my whole entire life, and yeah, I grew up here. I had my worst and my best moments in this city. Growing up in this city... I've seen a lot of things, even though I'm young, I've been through some things that has formed me into the person I am today. And it is because of some things that I've been through that today I am sitting down and recording this video and sh actually wanting to share all of it with you. The one who plays a huge role in my life is, of course, God. 
I gave my life to God 2017, the 24th June. So it wasn't that long time ago. But I've been in this walk with God, in this journey with God for, you can say, almost four years. Maybe a little bit more than four years. Maybe even five years. I lost count, but around four to five years. And you can say that before those years, um, let's say six years back, I knew nothing. Absolutely nothing <laughs> about God. So, yeah, my life has changed a lot during this four or five years I've been in this walk with God. One of the things that made me understand that God truly exists is, or let me say, one of the moments that I went through that made me realize that, yes, God exists, is when uh, every man I trusted decided to turn their back on me. It was in a moment that I went through where everyone that I knew didn't have the answer I was seeking for. It was in a moment where what I was looking for didn't, no man had the answer for it. When I was, let's say I was, I think I was, um, yeah, around five, six years, I started to have skin problems. And when I'm saying skin problems, of course it's not acne. <laughs> because I was five. And it wasn't pimples. No. It was scars. When I was a child, around that age, five to six years old, something strange was going on with my body. I started developing open scars all over my body. Wounds that came out of itself. Not, I mean, wounds that not the type of wound that you get when you fall, but wounds that just came out of nowhere. My skin became weak. And I started to develop, like my skin got inflammated and... I got wounds and it started bleeding and it started itching, itching so badly. My mama looked at it and she had no clue what it was. And of course, as a child, neither did I. 
it started as a small mark on my arms and it started like a you can say like a pimple that kept growing into several mini pimples you know how a pimple looks like right now imagine several several pimple looking alike type of thing growing like on your arms it looked nasty really nasty um my body my skin everything started itching to me and uh, my skin turned easily irritated I used to get I used to bleed a lot I used to it looked like I cut myself many times but I didn't really cut myself you know I remember some people looking at me and they were like Amina did you cut yourself I was like no I didn't cut myself and it went from looking like open scars or not looking like but being open scars to looking like I burned myself and I was going through that period and people came to me asking the same thing instead of saying Amina did you cut yourself then I said Amina did you burn yourself and I was like no <laughs> I didn't so what was going on I went to the doctor and they said that they said it was eczema but then they were like you know what <laughs> we're not sure what it is and they started giving me you know a bunch of things to apply on my body and do this and do that you know how it works they give you things and medicines and and those medicines are supposed to work aren't they but they did it not on me none of it did it went from one year going through that issue my skin troubling me to 5 years same problem to seven years to 10 years having that issue i mean nobody thinks that they will go through the same thing for that long nobody wants to go through things that keeps bothering you for that long as a child it didn't really bother me much cuz i was a child it's not really like i cared about that but starting school when i started school that's when i noticed that it wasn't that's when it became a problem for me I noticed that people would distance themselves from me because I looked scary. I might get emotional. 
I'm not going to lie. I noticed that people started to look at me in a weird way because my skin looked weird. And I would often have people coming up to me and they'd be like, if I touch you, will I get what you have? And I was like, no. I had to answer that question so many times. People were afraid of touching me. Because they thought they would get contaminated. They thought that if they touched me, they would get what I have. They would get those scars. They would get those bleedings. They would get those wounds. And those pimple looking like things. <laughs> so people became afraid to touch me. I heard that so many times. If I touch you, what will happen to me? <laughs> Growing up, that truly affected my confidence. <laughs> I had no confidence at all growing up because I kept hearing that. Wherever I entered, that's what they noticed. Either I looked like I had burned myself or people think thought that I was hurting myself or something. And I was like, I didn't. That really crushed my confidence. And it really affected me badly. It made me angry. As a person, I was angry because why did I have to go through that? I used to, for example, let's say that I entered a place with my parents. I remember maybe, I remember there was some advance and some parties, you know, things like that, gatherings where there's many people. And that sometimes I used to go to with my parents. And every time there was always someone or some people coming up to my parents, talking about how I looked, asking if I was sick or why. Am I looking the way I am looking? And why is my skin like that? I am, what, 15 and having the skin of someone that looks like they're 50. Wrinkles and, and unevenness and miscolor and everything just looked wrong. It became worse. I now started losing my skin. I thought this would be easy to talk about, but trust me, it isn't. I remember one day sitting in, in, in school, I had math. And as I was writing, I'm just starting to see some small pieces of, of dead skin falling. Falling from me. I mean, 
from my hands. I, I started when I was writing and I saw how like marks of my hand was being left on the paper. And I just, I could see how the person sitting next to me noticed what was going on and I couldn't control it. That skin was legit just falling and I was making a mess everywhere. And that day, I couldn't take it. I left my books, I left everything on the table. I mean, yes, where I was sitting and I ran into the bathroom and I started crying. I looked myself in the mirror and I started calling myself all sorts of names, bad names, negative names. I was pretty much cursing myself. Why am I alive? Why am I in this world? Why am I why is this happening to me? And I was crying and I couldn't take it. It was it was one thing. It's one thing when you go through something that others can't see. What that's something that you can hide from others. But going through something that everyone can see. Man, that's another thing. When you can't hide something that you want to be hidden or when you are going through a certain situation that you really don't want others to know but you can't hide it, that hurts. That is painful. It's less painful going through something that others don't know or at least that you can choose whom you want to let know. But this I couldn't choose because it was showing everywhere. I couldn't hide it because it was everywhere. My face. I had scars on my face, wounds on my face, on my scalp. I had wounds on my scalp. I was losing my hair. On my arms, I had it on my arms. My stomach, my legs, every part you can think of was covered in wounds. I skipped school a lot during that period. I didn't go to school many times because I couldn't take being around people. And when I went to school, I hated being in school because I hated the fact that everyone could see and pretending like they didn't. I hated the fact that everyone saw what I didn't want them to see. You know, the mornings before going to school was the toughest for me because I had no motivation motivation whatsoever to get up and get ready to go to school. I used to cry 
before going to school. I used to cry almost every morning before going to school. And I used to cry every time I was in school. <laughs> and what made me even more sad is that those who were supposed to know how to help me didn't have the answer to help me. The doctors didn't know what to do. I was in and out of the hospital. I even went to France to look for some to look for a medication. But they didn't know what to do. The scariest thing was two years ago. Pretty much during the same time, not really the same time I got baptized, no, but some months before that, when I thought it couldn't get worse, it got worse. This thing affected my way of walking. I had a period. Thank God it wasn't for a long period. It wasn't long. It was during the summer break, which I am so grateful today that it was during the summer break. I woke up one day and I wanted to stand. And I noticed that, no, I didn't notice, but I felt a pain trying to stand up. I felt pain before, but this was the worst one. And looking back, I, I looked back and I, I wanted to see what was going on. And I saw, let's now put together all the wounds. Let's put together the scars, the bleeding, the 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 marks, the the burn looking skin all of it together I look back and I saw my legs and I was afraid of myself that was during that period that even I started to fear myself. I was afraid of myself. I can't really describe how it looked like, but it was nasty. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it didn't look good. It looked like a mess. And I had such a pain walking and... I remember that every time I sat down for a moment, trying to stand up was, was, was awful. It took me like five minutes to be able to stand straight from a sitting position. The pain I was feeling 
I was crying every time I tried to stand up. I was crying. Now to walk. <laughs> Just standing up was tough. Now imagine walking. And I used to go out like that. When I was in front of people, I didn't show them my pain, but I was crying inside of me. Inside, when I was home, I was crying and I was screaming. When I went out, I had to hide that pain. That moment, uh, when we went to the doctors again, because that was something different. That was something that I had never seen before. My parents had never seen before. So they took me to the doctors directly. And the doctor that saw me, he was shocked. He was like, man, I can't do nothing. We need to send you to a specialist right here, right now. He was shocked. And there's something that he told me. He was like, I'm surprised that you're still here. I'm surprised that you can wake up. Because he was like, I don't even know how you sleep. How, how are you able to sleep at night with this kind of pain? The doctor wanted to cry looking at me. Because he was surprised because he had never seen me before. And that day, I discovered, oh, I didn't discover, but we found out something very interesting. He went through all the medications that I've had, that they gave to me before. And this is what he says to me. He said, they have given you the wrong medication. And I was like, what? He was like, they were not supposed to give you this. They have given you the wrong medication. And that day, uh, that day was like, <laughs> do you know how it feels like when all the ear, air sucks out from you? And you feel like you're dead. <laughs> I didn't know how to react. I mean, tell me, how should I have had react? I didn't know how to react. Taking me to the specialist. Even they were very curious, very surprised of what they saw. So like the first 20 minutes of being there, they took pictures on me. <laughs> they 
because it was something that I had not seen before. So I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm supposed to get help. And they are there. You know what? Let's take out a camera. Let's start taking pictures. And it just started to get too much to me. It, it became too much, you know. Things was getting out of hand. And I just saw that they really didn't know what they were doing. And I was like, if this is above you, who should I turn to? <laughs> Funny thing is that I just, I really didn't know what to do because we had tried everything. There was a moment that I took, I think it was 18, 18 pills per day. I used to eat pills, yes. I took I took 18 per day. It was like around 12 to 18 per day. I had to bath in a in a, in a different kind of water. It was water mixed with something different. My I had to check what I ate. And um being out in sun was difficult very difficult and very painful very very painful i used to walk around feeling like i'm walking in fire <laughs> like i'm i'm being burned that's how we felt and sometimes i to be honest i used to open the refrigerator i used to stand there and put ice upon myself because i felt like i was burning I had to take shots, many shots. <laughs> I remember those shots were painful. It was those long needles, sisters and brothers. It wasn't a small needle, it was a long needle. I had to take shots after shots every day for, I think it was a week. And one day, the doctor sort of I know it wasn't on purpose, but put the needle in the wrong place. Ooh, that was painful. That was painful. And those shots that I had to take, they, they, it was on the leg I took it. And it actually made it more difficult for me to walk. Because I remember in that period, I was sitting down a lot. I wasn't moving much. I was sitting down a lot in that period. I used to have uh, a huge back with all sorts of medications you can think of. Lotion, special made lotion, special made soap, and this to drink, and that to drink, and this shot you would take at this time. I had to wake up eight no, yes, ate every morning. Take the 
first five pills and they were nasty <laughs> anyways let me jump into to what i'm trying to tell you so after all this i was exhausted and i was tired of having to go through this so my life had to change i have tried I mean, I did try all men and I put my trust in every man, specialists, even experts, yes. Those who knew about this, I put my trust in everyone you can think of that is special, that knows about the skin things. And even after spending 10 years of looking for a cure, things just kept getting worse. And I started to feel worse. I started to get tired of my life and I wanted to kill myself. One day, I was walking by a road, um, yes, and a car was coming. I was so tired of my life that what I did was, just when the car was coming, I took one step forward and I wanted the car to hit me. Just when I wanted to do that, standing there in a perfect position where the car could hit me, I just felt something pushing me. I just felt something pushing me and no one was there except for me and that car. And it wasn't the car. So I looked, I was like, what? What is this? Something pushed me. I just felt something. I felt a wind. I just felt something strong that made me move. And my intention wasn't to move. My intention was to say bye-bye world and bye-bye everyone and bye-bye my pain. My intention, my, my plan that day, I had, I just, I went back and I said, this is the perfect time. The car is coming. The car is distracted. Let me do it right here, right now. I wanted to, I wanted to take my life, y'all. And it wasn't only for this issue I had but it was for so many things that was going on in the same time it was also in those moments I experienced rejection and bullying and also those moments where those who were supposed to have my back didn't so I was tired of everything and I felt unwanted and I felt like it was just better for me to disappear because I didn't do any good the only thing I did was bring pain to my family and making my mama cry every night because she couldn't help me. 
So I said, you know, it's better for me if I just go. What's the point of me being here if I'm only causing trouble? What's the point of me being here? If everything I see is pain and suffering. What's the point of being in this world? I had totally lost it. I don't remember so much about that day, but I just remember something pushing me. I think I was actually on my way to church. <laughs> Listen, even though I was going through all of that, I still used to go to church, but going to church, I just went there to go there. I, I didn't really believe in what they were talking about. Because first, I didn't even understand what they were talking about. I saw someone just saying something. Everybody said, amen. I was like, what? I didn't get nothing. But I went there because... <laughs> to tell you the truth, there were some cute guys. <laughs> we all start somewhere. <laughs> we all start somewhere. Listen... Of course, that's not my mentality anymore. But that was my actually my my reasons to why I went to church in the first place. There was this very cute guy there. And I was like, you know what? Let me keep coming. And let me just sit in that perfect place where I can always see his face. I remember I used to, the pastor used to ask me afterward what the preaching was about. And I was like, uh, I have no idea. I think, yeah, I think I was on my way to church that day. And I just, I don't know what happened. I just felt that wind, something just pushing me. And I was like, nobody's there. And I continued walking. Because the car had already passed by. <laughs> So I continue walking. And and one day, maybe it was even on that day, I I really don't remember, but I went to church anyways that day, being distracted as I was, and then came home, still being depressed, and things like that. I used to lock myself in the room all the time. I didn't like going out. So yeah, I used to be in my room all the time, all depressed and stuff, thinking about death. Because <laughs> that's all I wanted at that moment. I wanted to disappear. I thought of so many different ways I could do it. I was like, I had so many, so many thoughts on how I could have taken my life. One day I got angry. And um, 
and I was like, yo, God, you exist, huh? <laughs> then why allow me to go through what I'm going through? Huh? Why turn the world against me? You exist, huh? Then why, why, why am I, as a child, as a youth, going through what I am going through? Are you listening to me? I got angry. I started saying all sorts of things towards God. To this day, I still say sorry. Because I couldn't control my mouth that day. I was like, God, you real or not? Huh? What you doing? What's taking you so long? Aren't you supposed to do something? Why are you allowing me to go through this? Huh? Do you really hate me that much? And I still went to church. <laughs> I still had the courage <laughs> to go to church after what I after everything I said to him. I still had the courage to put my feet in church and act as if nothing happened. But it was different this time after having that ish. It wasn't a conversation, but yeah, <laughs> conversation we got. I went to church. And I actually got an answer on what I was talking about the day before with God. I was sitting there and they started talking, right? The man of God came, I mean, the preacher came and started talking and started preaching. And I was like, hold up, wait a minute. This conversation sounds familiar. Everything he is talking about I said that yesterday. I was freaking out. I'm not joking. I was freaking out. Because what he was talking about was pretty much the answer. The answer to what I was... It was the answer to what I was talking to with God, to what I told him. And it was like, it was like I got an answer of what I told him. And I noticed that it kept repeating itself. So I noticed that the more every time I said something to God in my own private place in the room and going to church, the topic they would talk about was directly connected, was actually connected to what I used to tell him. So I was like, do you, do you hear me, God? I was like, hey, where you at? Do you hear me? You actually hear me? And from that moment when I started to realize that, hey, God actually listens. I continued talking to him. In the beginning, it was mostly anger. I, I spoke mostly of anger and ignorance because I was tired of my situation. And in the beginning, I was, I was mostly blaming him for what I went through. But then 
the more I realize that he actually hears me. He hears you. He hears us. I was like, let me, let me actually tell him how I feel. Let me actually tell him of my situation. When I noticed that he was listening, I started to pour out my heart to him by telling him everything that was going on. I started to keep him updated because I knew that, hey, I'm not actually talking to ears. Someone is listening to me. I started pouring my heart out to him. And and the more I did, the more I did, the closer I started getting to getting to him and the more I started to know him and the more I started falling in love with him because I was like, there is somebody that listens, somebody that pays attention, somebody that has an answer, someone that actually has an answer. So I was like, you know what? Let me test this guy now. Let me try this God now. I've been sick for almost 10 years. Let let me give him a chance and let me see what he actually can do. Let me see what he can do. Huh? Because I've tried men. Let me give him a chance. I actually started spending more time getting to know him through his word. Someone blessed me with a Bible from that church and God bless that person that that blessed me with my first Bible. And I started to read it to get to know my God, to get to know this God. And He said in his words that he could heal. So I was like, okay. Okay. I can't doubt you without giving you a chance. Or without at least putting my trust and faith in you just the way I put my trust in man. Man, well, let me down. But at least I need to give you the same chance. I can't. I need to give you the same chance. And... I did. I did. And I don't regret it today. Oh, I don't. I am so happy that I took that decision to open up my heart to God and let him in and let him take control of my situation. To cut the story short, what took man 10 years to try to figure it out? took my God less than two weeks (laughs) to do. They tried to find an answer for 10 years. They couldn't. But two weeks, less than two weeks, 
I saw how God operated in my life. And I am telling you, if you see me today, you will not believe. I, t- I, have, I have the pictures of how I used to look like. And if you look at me today, you will not believe that I am that person. Because God, the one whom I least expected, decided to operate in my life. Decided to heal me. I'm telling you, because of him, I am able to do things that I couldn't do before. I can run. I can jump. I can stand up without pain. I can take two hours long showers without screaming in the shower. I can be out in the sun wearing a nice t-shirt without feeling like I'm being burned. My skin be popping today. Yes, I still do have some marks. But those marks, I call this <laughs> the marks of a warrior. Because these marks that I have show me where God took me from. <laughs> That's just the beginning of a journey. <laughs> Develop to something greater. The reason why I am telling you this is because I know how it is to be five seconds away from death. The reason why I'm telling you this, even though I'm not going to lie, was really hard for me, is because I'm I'm giving my all to this. I want you to see what he is able to do in your life. And I'm starting off with my testimony. And I have many more, but this is one of them. I want you to know that if you give him a chance, just like you gave everybody else a chance, if you give him a chance, I can guarantee you that you will see a difference in your life, that where man couldn't, he will be able to, that where man failed, he will not fail. I am doing this podcast because I want you to know what I wish that somebody could tell me some years ago. The reason why I am doing this podcast is because I want you to know what I wish that somebody would have told me when I wanted to kill myself. I am telling you this because I can't keep it inside of me. I can't. I can't stand seeing my sisters and brothers going through problems, going through issues, going through sicknesses, battles, persecutions, going through betrayal, going through 
all sorts of different battles and hard situations and knowing that hey there is someone that can help you and not doing anything i can't i can't sit down i don't care if this message or this testimony or if this first episode I touched the heart of one person or two person I don't care how many people but for you for you that need it but for you out there that that is in in that last point even though it might be one person i'm going to do everything i can by god's help to share to you what he has shared to me i'm going to do everything i can to tell you what i know today because of him if nobody out there cares for you i do care for you and god cares for you and therefore if if 99 people don't agree and one person say i agree for that p- one person i will do my best to show you that there is still something worth living for i'm going to do my best to show you that it is not over by telling you about my guy and about this walk with god My friend said that I mean I should be like a conversation we are doing this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something so that you can know to the next episode. When I am passionate about something, I tend to speak very fast. <laughs> And it turns in more like a preaching. But for me that's fine. <laughs> Really that's fine. I guess we all have our own ways of doing things, especially when you're passionate. It comes out real. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you for taking your time to listen into this podcast. <laughs> I pray that one day what you are going through will turn into a testimony that will save lives remain blessed and see you till next time in jesus name amen hello kings and queens sisters and brothers i hope all of you are doing fine by the grace of god Welcome back to another episode of A Walk with 
God. You are welcome once again back and the one who is speaking is Phyllis Mina Silva. As you know, the one whom God used, the one whom God turned the life and I'm here today to tell you what God has told me. Welcome back.